This episode of Grease the Polls is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, where you can bet $5 on any sport and win $200 in free bets instantly. All you need to do is sign up with the link in the description, and you'll get $200 instantly after you place your first bet of $5 or more. Everyone could use some extra betting money, so don't let this opportunity go to waste. And with that, let's get into the episode. What's going on, everyone, and welcome into another episode of Grease the Poles. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day to be alive. You know why? Because the Eagles are the best team in football. It hasn't changed. We've been saying that for a couple weeks now. At 11-1, I think it's kind of undisputable. You see what they did against the Titans, 35-10, to just complete domination. And guys, I've been saying this for a few episodes now. I've wanted to see just four quarters of dominant football, both sides of the ball, including special teams. And my goodness, did we get it on Sunday. Um, the offense, we'll talk about the offense. Jalen Hurts. MVP favorite now. Uh, I think that goes without question. After running for 150 yards the week prior, throws were over 350 this week. I mean, what else can you say? A.J. Brown dropped his nuts all over the Titans. We knew that was going to happen. Defensively, defensive line completely dominated. Uh, Derrick Henry, uh, you know, Derrick Henry who, he had 30 yards on 11 carries, 2.7 yards per carry, a a non-factor. But special teams has been a bugaboo all season. I don't think I've seen one ounce of goodness from that group throughout the entire 12 13 weeks we've seen so far but on Sunday Britton Covey averaged 17 20 yards of punt return he had three punt returns of 20 plus yards I mean I I haven't seen him have one punt return of that length all season and then everyone was just laying the wood Christian Ellis sets the tone on the opening kickoff just fucking demolishes the dude Nicobe Dean who we'll talk about as a defender as well, was also laying the wood on special teams. I mean, it was exactly what I wanted. It felt like this was the game where I think the Eagles finally, especially to the national audience and people who have still been doubting them in terms of just how good they actually are, I think they proved themselves against the Titans. They out-physicaled perhaps the most physical team in the league. So I just... I'm nothing but smiles. I'm nothing but smiles, guys. What are you guys thinking after the Eagles? The 11-1 and Eagles best of the titans it feels fantastic i mean it, granted it, it it's kind of routine at this point that victory monday victory tuesday of course when we're recording this feeling uh it's uh, like i've gotten used to you know just going out beating a team and then just sitting down and talking to you guys about how great a win it was because we just continue to do it and like you said the fact that you know special teams was able to turn in a fantastic performance it's it's almost like the Eagles really do listen to this podcast. I swear to God. There was the Quez Watkins fumble, you know, he cleaned up his ball security. There was one other thing that happened. And then that and, and then there's me talking about Britton Covey saying anytime we punt or anytime we're receiving a punt, wherever he's catching it, that's where we're starting. And that completely changed. It was a completely different performance. And it was, you know, what we thought he could do after preseason. So I want to give him his props immediately. I know you did, but I just it's it's good to uh, you know, praise uh, when people are doing things right, because we in this city like to get hung up on the negatives. Uh, obviously not us on this show, but uh, it is good to kind of cut through that noise uh, that's being created by guys like Seth Joyner at any turn. Uh, so it's always good to to go out and be as positive as possible, especially when they're giving us so much to be positive about. Obviously, special teams great. Jalen Hurts, 
with some immaculately placed footballs uh, as well. That one pass to A.J. Brown where it just fell directly into his breadbasket. It was like and, – and A.J. Brown said himself, he's like, I didn't know where I was. I was just running my route. I, tried, I hoped I was in bounds, and Jalen just – Put the ball in my hands. And Hertz said it. He said, I tell them, they don't always listen. Be ready. The ball's coming. And that's what it was for all four quarters. And I couldn't help but think about what you said uh, on the last show, Brian, during that game. Because it was like, all right, we had a solid first half. Uh, the end of the first half was great. But I'm like, are we going to sustain this? Or is this going to be uh, kind of a death by a thousand paper cuts where we kind of fall apart at the seams for the back half of the game? And uh, that obviously didn't happen. And we ended up taking our starters out pretty much very early in the fourth quarter, which uh, I guess is a foreign concept to some other teams uh, across the league, which I guess we can talk about uh, later. But, you know, it was a great team win. Everybody contributed, shutting down Derrick Henry. It was, I mean, it just, everything that we talked about is a key to the game. They went out and executed uh, almost to a T. And it feels good to have a prediction uh, of mine actually be somewhat right. <laughs> I think I had a score in 35 or 34, something along those lines. But you were uh, the only one who predicted a blowout. So I did. Yeah. I, I, but Tennessee, <clears throat> I said 35 to like 19 or some weird shit like that. And Tennessee only scored 10. I was like, wow, perfect. So I guess I threw the gauntlet down a little bit for that defensive unit because they had themselves a game. It was so impressive. Yeah, they had a hell of a game on defense. The defensive line just completely overwhelmed the Titans' offensive line to the point where I I was almost feeling bad for Tannehill. Like, get him out of there. He he's just getting the stuffing beat out of him. Uh, but man, what a what a game! Complete domination, all four quarters. The one part that was a little disconcerting was just the the sheer number i believe the offensive line committed a num- uh, the number somewhere in the low thousands of penalties uh but it wound up not mattering because apparently yes they do listen to the podcast britain covey said hey stay home darren sproles i can win the field position battle for us it wasn't it, they didn't let the mistakes lead to a back and forth game. They just they just simply outclassed the Titans a hundred percent. It I honestly thought it was gonna be a lot closer. I thought and once they started having their penalties, I was like, ah, this is gonna be one of those weird games. They're gonna hang around to the fourth quarter. But man, they did not. They they just damn it. AJ Brown had such a good game. They had to fire the guy that traded him. They said, we saw enough. Go home. You let this guy leave instead of paying him. So, hell of a revenge game for him. Hell of a statement win for the Eagles. Uh, Say what you will about the Titans. They are a very well-coached team. And the Eagles just simply, they overwhelmed them. And it was beautiful. It was fantastic. And I'm just... Over the moon about this. Once again, again, it is becoming routine. It's we're just sitting down talking about how great they are, uh, except for that one game against the Redskins. Uh, uh, I'm canceled now. Oh shit! Shouldn't have said that. Whoa! Uh, Bleep that out! 
<laughs> yeah, I, take it out. I know. A, I, I um, don't know a lawyer, but I'm gonna need to contact one uh, because this is gonna get against ugly. the against the Commanders. That stupid team with that terrible racist former name. <laughs> that they uh, aside from that one week, and even then we were talking about how they had a chance to win. It's just it's been incredible. What a run! Uh, love to see it. Absolutely, and I mean you brought up AJ Brown. It was an all-time revenge game, honestly. It really was. Because when you think about just where A.J. Brown's come from, right, he's felt like he's been disrespected pretty much every step of the way during his NFL career. was taken in the second round. 32 teams passed on him before the Titans finally gave him a call, um, which obviously if we redrafted that draft, he would have been a top 15 pick. Um, then you're with the Titans. You're their best receiver they've arguably ever had. And... Instead of just paying you what you're due, the Eagles come out of nowhere, not only give him the contract he wants, they trade draft capital, a first-round pick, to go get this guy. For the first time in his NFL career, A.J. Brown is being properly valued. And I think, honestly, the combination of just loving what the Eagles have done for this guy and the career year he's having, on top of the fact that he's playing a team that just wouldn't give him the money. They didn't have to trade anything for him. They had him in-house, and they just wouldn't give him the money. The Eagles went out of their way to go get this guy, traded him a first-round pick, and paid him. And it's just – it's return on investment. I mean, that's like bare bones is what it is, and it's that and, and then some, truthfully. Um, for him to just, like, not only – have a beautiful uh, i mean the one sequence of events in the first quarter or i think it was the first half where he catches a, an unbelievable ball that was ultimately called out of bounds but was initially called a touchdown and then for the next play for him to just double move a guy so bad that he couldn't get out of his way aj brown lowers the hammer on him just runs through him literally takes him off the field he, he leaves the field after that because he's injured catch wide open touchdown that was beautiful. And then to do the back shoulder fade, I mean, just manhandling these boys. Like, he made them look like little boys all night, all day. Um, Andrew Adams was so upset that he tried to fucking gator roll his ankles. He tried to injure the guy. They, like, they had no answers, so they literally tried to hurt him. Um, and then, like you mentioned, Frank, they literally fired their fucking GM today, uh, the day of us recording this, because... <laughs> of what transpired like it's such it's such an embarrassing moment for the titans and such a vindication for aj brown that it's like it's beautiful honestly like i feel great for the dude i'm so happy that he's here i know he's happy to be here and as a philly sports fan there's really nothing more i can ask for from an athlete if you love being here and you fucking are a baller and you put it on the line and you fucking drop your nuts on your former team like that i mean chef's kiss that's all I have. Chef's kiss for that. Yeah, it was a special performance from him, and then also like obviously the owner has egg on his face, um, which is partially why he definitely fired the GM. It was just like I oversaw this, I hired this guy, but also the fact that there was some uh, Eagles fans uh, just trolling the shit out of him immediately after the loss that had to have been sitting and stewing for the next two days. Uh, then waking up this morning and he was just like, I, I've had enough. I, I just have to pull the trigger on this. Like he he got demoralized by the fan base, by A.J. Brown, and he had to do something about it to make himself feel better. So that was I mean, it was it, I mean, it was genuinely hilarious uh, to watch. But I mean, obviously, A.J. Brown is a story. 
uh, of this offense, including Jalen Hurts. I mean, you can't have one without the other with the, with the level that they're producing at. But I do want to talk about the defense, too, just because of what we were able to do uh, stopping Derrick Henry. I mean, that was something that I didn't really know we were if we were going to be able to get those things uh, you know, in place. But holding the 30 yards is just absolutely absurd. Uh, like that's just, it's not it's not what I expected, especially after, you know, the performance we had against uh, the Green Bay Packers and, of course, against the Colts. And, uh, you know, I just wasn't really expecting to have a thoroughly dominant performance. But the defense really has been doing it all. And that, of course, then brings me back to, uh, you know, uh, Seth Joyner being the sole critic, it seems, of this Eagles defense. <laughs> Musing uh, on uh, whatever that post game show is he does for whatever media outlet that is with a it's a bad name for a company whatever that company's name is, um, uh, it just makes no sense. But it's 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 him saying when was the last time the Eagles had an interception after that game on on Sunday? Which I mean we didn't you know we didn't have a turnover, but it didn't really matter because we just thoroughly dominated the entire game. Uh, and, and not only that, but we had two interceptions against Aaron Rodgers the week before. We've had plenty of takeaways. We lead the league in interceptions. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, I don't know if he still does, but when he was healthy, he was leading the league in interceptions as a player. Uh, and he's talking about a lack of aggressiveness as if we didn't sack Ryan Tannehill six times. Uh, it's, just, it's just not adding up. And, and, and look, I get it. Like, you got to be the guy that's got to, you know, you got to generate the clicks and you got to give some pushback. But, I mean, we saw a completely elite performance for, at every level of the football field from the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. And I just can't believe that anybody would walk away from that, uh, you know, feeling differently. Am I wrong with this in saying that? No. The, the, <laughs> the whole thing with with Seth Joyner and, and that entire media outlet, I know exactly which one you're talking about, obviously. They also employ Dan Cilio. Uh, Silio, whatever the hell his name is, um, who I didn't even know existed until I had a Twitter account, who exists solely to shit on Jalen Hurts left weird. and right. Uh, yeah, it's it. You know, they're trying to do the whole. They're engagement baiting. Seth Joyner knows good football when he sees it, but he also knows that the thing that gets clicks is saying negative things about this team, and he sounds ridiculous because there aren't really any negative things to say right now. Sometimes a team is just performing in a way that you're going to look stupid if you're trying to be negative about them. The the interception, the, the turnover comment that he had, laughable. It was ridiculous. This team didn't get any interceptions on Sunday because Ryan Tannehill spent the entire game running for his life, throwing the ball away or on his back. There wasn't a chance for him to throw the ball into traffic where it could be intercepted. So... Yeah, they're, they're just ridiculous, and the less time you spend paying attention to them, the better, because all they're looking to do is just farm engagement off people, get people to quote tweet them and say how stupid they are, get people to talk about them on their podcast about how ridiculous, congratulations, you did it, you got us, Seth Joyner, how far you've fallen, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, if you just want to hear... Um... <clears throat> three dudes just actually talking about what we saw. I mean, you can always just listen to Grace the Polls. Yeah. I, mean, I think we, we, we give a pretty accurate assessment of what happens each week. This week, it just so happens that we played perfect. Like, like what else do you want me? What do you want me to say? Like, I'm not, I'm naturally, I am a happy person. Like, I'm not naturally a miserable person, so I can't just, like, stoop to that point where I'm like, well, you know, uh, we missed a tackle on that one third and five. Like, I'm not, 
I'm just, I'm, I don't know. Call it maturity, call it what you want, but I'm just not, I'm not that type of person. I just enjoy what I, I, I enjoyed the win, and it was great. And when you look at the rest of the league, it's hard to point out one team, and I know people are going to be like, well, the Cowboys, or maybe the Cowboys. I mean, we'll see them Christmas Eve, and we'll finish that debate then. But as it stands, I mean, there isn't a team in the league, especially in the NFC, that I'm losing sleep over. Um, San Francisco is the only one that concerned me at all. Now Jimmy G- Jimmy G's on IR out for the year. And, um, I mean, I'll be damned if I'm losing sleep over Brock Purdy. Like, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not going to happen. So wow. uh, It's a hell of a name, though. It's a good name. It's a good football name. I, I love that name for a quarterback. So, like, I'm going to give him – I'm gonna give him a healthy amount of respect until he embarrasses himself. Good. Yeah. He did pretty well, you know, stepping in. But I, you, yeah, you're not gonna, you're, you're not gonna, you can't picture the Eagles losing to Brock the divisional Brady. round to Brock fucking Purdy. No. This is not gonna happen. Great name, great football name, but not. Or if they do lose to him, then it's because he turned out to be. Brock fucking Purdy. Yeah. In that case. Right. But right now he's Brock fucking Purdy. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's different there's difference. Absolutely. Exactly. There's a colossal difference, like the the gap in quality and skill between those two um pronunciations there is is it's it's vast. Exactly. It's, it is, it's Mariana. This is the analysis French. people tune in for. No, it's true. It's true. Like the Flyers are chock full of guys with great <laughs> hockey names. And they're dog shit. We have Morgan Frost and like we can't we can't sniff the playoffs. We got a guy named Morgan Frost. I mean, it's perfect. It's almost too on. That the should nose. literally, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's fucking crazy. There's man. something to names. There's something to the way you say them. Dude, uh, names, names do that. There's been psychological studies done on names that prove the, that very thing. That like you, based on part of how you turn out, will be the name <clears throat> that you just have. And Brock Purdy has been given. That advantage. Now, is he actually going to be any good? We'll see. But he's at least has that to fall back on as a solid name. That's a, that at least kicks every attribute slider up ten points. But absolutely, we'll, we'll see where those uh, attributes start. Uh, slider started at uh, when he does take the field. Yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean Brock Purdy's a good name, but I think a better football name is Nicobe Dean. Honestly, I think yes. that's the best oh, football name that's there is. a hell is. of a name. Bang! And we need to talk about that guy because <clears throat> somehow, someway, in 15 defensive snaps, he got six tackles, uh, which was tied for the league or the team high with TJ Edwards. Um, look, I mentioned it a couple episodes ago, and it's kind of, like I know it's just 15 snaps, but the dude jumped off the screen, um, was just everywhere all the time. And I'm just so bought into this kid. Like, he he is what Jalen Hurts is to the offense. Like, he feels like he's that same type of personality for the defense, right? Just a football dude, doesn't give a fuck about anything else. He's a student of the game. He just wants to go out and hit people and fucking win football games. Uh, maybe it's the SEC blood in those guys. I don't know. But still, I mean, the kid, was he looks like a baller. And I don't know how <clears throat> maybe Kaiser White, maybe his injury is – does linger and he has to miss a game or two and we get a chance to really see Dean in action. But I mean, if you're Jonathan Gannon, how do you sit there and say, look, I, I Kaiser White and TJ Edwards are my guys. I can't play you. Like he has to start getting it. I think at least 15 snaps a game, right? Like, am I wrong? Gotta in thinking spell that? Him in there. No, you got to start spelling them in there. 
I mean, this is a guy, I, did we ever solve the mystery of how he fell so far in the draft? Was it literally just noise about him being injured? Like, watching him in Georgia, he was, he was in the middle of every play. He was just explosive. You watch some guys in college and you just know, watching them, like, this guy's going to be a, he's going to be a good pro. And N'Kobe Dean was one of those guys that just, you know, watching him in college, you could just tell he was in the middle of everything. And lo and behold, you put him in the game, he's in the middle of every play. I think his first snap, he was held and still managed to tackle Derrick Henry with one arm, which is insane. Just a, a hell of a player. And yeah, definitely got to start working him in there. It's It seems like a waste to leave him on the sidelines. Mm. It's a must. I I mean, like I there was a point I thought it was going to be either him or Jordan Davis with, with you know with one of the with that first round pick that we had, and uh, the fact that we wound up with both is just was just like I was just like well this is incredible. Then of course now we are getting glimpses of him and uh, I Brian was calling for this I want to say from the first episode of the show uh, to get him in there and stop the runner at least after we lost to Washington. Uh, specifically, he was like, get this motherfucker in the game. And now that Gannon, uh, you know, a loyal listener and friend of the show, is, is, is taking that advice, I mean, it's paying dividends. I, I, I can't believe that he was only on the field for 15 snaps. I could have sworn it was more just based on the big play to snap ratio. You'd think he was out there for, for maybe half the defensive snaps. But no, I mean, the, the kid is just, he's got so much promise, so much potential. And uh, we got to find ways to work him in. We absolutely do. And uh, hopefully, as you know, the season continues, we find a way to make this defense even better. We uh, find a way to make Seth Joyner happy. I don't think that's going to happen. He had he had Mike Missinelli uncomfortable. That was like when Kanye West had Alex Jones uncomfortable. Like it was up there with just like. <laughs> Like the last guy you'd think would be caught off guard by 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 someone talking like this, it just shows how far gone somebody is. Uh, but hopefully, we can keep it going uh, with that defense, and it just continues to improve. Especially with you know getting Jordan Davis back uh, back healthy as the season continues, I think it's going to be great for that Georgia duo, and I think uh, great for the rest of the defense as well. I really have no. Uh, concerns. It's dude. It's weird doing the show. I say this every week. It's weird doing the show um, with nothing really to bitch about except for either Seth Joiner or ESPN Analytics projecting the Cowboys the Super Bowl favorites. Just it's all outside noise. Uh, that is you know stuff that we have to bitch about. Nothing about the actual team particularly, which has been it's been interesting to say the least. It's it's been a welcome change. That's it's for been sure. nice. Like, yeah, I really like it. Like on Sunday, like. <clears throat> at no point, I know it was close at one point, right? 14 to 10. But honestly, at no point in that game was I sitting there stressing. Like, I didn't, I don't think I raised my voice at all, except for when we scored. Like, I put my, you know, I hit the recline, like my couch is like, I can sit up or I can recline, right? Most nice. of the time I'm sitting up, right? Because I'm just, I'm in gamer mode. I got to be ready to fucking spring up or just start screaming. But I was lounged back the whole time. High as fuck, just lounged out, enjoying myself. You know, like it's just, it's just great. And honestly, when I'm watching, I'm like, what, like, like we have nothing to complain about on the podcast. That's like, that's what I'm thinking as we're watching the game unfold. And it's just, 
you know? And, like, as soon as, it, like, we already talked about him, but as soon as I saw Brain Kobe break a couple, I'm like, my fucking dude, we've talked about that. I'm happy he actually came through for us. Like, yeah, I mean, it, we talk about the 2017 season all the time. And, I mean, I don't know if I should even say it, but, like, I think we're better. I think we're better this year. Like, truthfully, I think we're a better team. And, like, that's a lot. And, like, that's taboo for some people. I, I, I get it because, you know, 2017 was a godsend for everyone in the Philadelphia area. But, I mean, you just look at the way we, we win, how it translates to postseason football, how our offense can go run for 360 yards and throw for 400 yards the next week, how our defense can get after you with four guys, play coverage, can blitz if they need to, can are, seem to now know how to stop the run. And if we get good fucking field position with our punt returns and kickoff returns, like, Jesus Christ, like, it's it's unbelievable. Like, it's unbelievable stuff. This may be, like, the first game where it all came together on the scoreboard, right? Because, like, we've had a lot of close games this year. But I also think those close games matter, too. Like, being able to pull out games in the last minute, no matter who you're playing, like, it's still impressive to me. Like, that's still winning football. That's still a mark of a great team that even if you do struggle – quarters one through three in the fourth quarter you can come alive and then sometimes look it's just not even a competition because you just show up for all four quarters which we saw on sunday so yeah yeah that's yeah. all i got well, it's just a beautiful i thing. mean honestly tying it into the thing that ryan was saying about the the analytics showing the cowboys as being the the what they have a 50 percent chance of winning the super bowl or something silly to like make that it, i want to say Which, but it's yeah it's ridiculous. to make it from the nfc yeah yeah oh so realistically wins count like the cowboys blowing out <laughs> the colts what 53 to 19 in the win loss column that counts the same as the eagles winning by the skin of their teeth the only thing it affects are the useless things like analytics or in some cases, you know, uh, incentives, bonuses that guys might get. The Cowboys are notorious stat patters. They've always been. It's just part of the DNA of that franchise, going all the way back to Tom Landry. Uh, so I, 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 anybody that's, like, genuinely upset about ESPN analytics saying that the Cowboys look stronger, like, on paper, yeah. But that's on paper. It's not saying... There's something to be said for playing like absolute dog shit for 58 minutes and still being so much better talent-wise that you win that than just blowing the doors off, you know, a team you're you're considerably stronger than. I I I don't I don't like getting too caught up in it. I don't believe analytics works for the NFL for that reason. Because I think you see that sort of stuff a lot with them. I can't give you any specific examples, but I'm sure anybody that looks into it would find there's been teams. I, I, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, like the Bears defense in 2018 from an analytical standpoint was graded like as good as the 2000 Baltimore Ravens, which is ri ridiculous. They were nowhere near as good, but on paper, yeah. You you could say that they were as they were as good. And so wins and losses are all that matter in the NFL. The Eagles have the most of them in the entire league, not just in their conference, and that's that's the most important thing. 
So yeah, analytics can go to hell. Yeah, I don't understand. Like my whole theory is that just ESPN. It's like kind of what we were saying with Seth Joyner. Like ESPN wants they want ratings, and you know they're no longer the worldwide leader in sports. I think everyone can agree on that. Oh yeah. Um, and I think it's pretty safe to say they have <clears throat> a good bit of Cowboys fans working in various uh, parts of their building, I guess. Um, look, <clears throat> whenever a national pundit or a national media outlet goes and, and kind of disrespects the Eagles like that or any Philly team, like they know we come out in droves on Twitter to just bash these people. Like That's just how it is. So I think that's kind of really what I attribute that to because when – like. I don't know what type of analytical stats they were using, but if we just go down, you know, offense, defense, compare the two, I don't see how the Eagles are an inferior in, in any in any sense. Like, Jalen Hurst is a better quarterback. Nick Sirianni is a better coach. Um, offensive line, Eagles. Uh, wide receiving core, Eagles. Maybe they have the running back room. I get it. Overall running game, I would still take the Eagles. Uh, defensive line is a toss-up. They have Micah Parsons, whatever. Future Eagle, probably. Um, and then <clears throat> you look at their secondary. I mean, Trevon Diggs, you know, whoop de doo, he gets a lot of interceptions, but you know, dude gets burnt sometimes. He gets burnt, and uh, that doesn't really happen with Bradbury or Darius Slay. So, like, you know, like what position group does Dallas have the advantage? Like, I would like to know. And what coach do they have? Like, is their offense is Kellen Moore better than Shane Steichen? I don't think so. No. Kellen Moore's been a head coaching candidate for five years now and still isn't a head coach. <laughs> Shane Steichen's going to be gone next year. I can guarantee that. Uh, Jonathan Gannon's another one. Um, Dan, I mean, Dan Quinn, you know, yeah, he's whatever, been around sure. a little bit longer. And I know people hate on Gannon, so whatever. But Gannon was getting head coaching interviews last year. Like, Gannon probably will be a head coach one day. Like, I just don't see it. I don't see how how anyone really thinks that the Cowboys can legitimately, uh, you know, uh, but, but, take the Eagles. But Brian, but Brian, Odell Beckham is strongly considering the Dallas Cowboys. <clears throat> I'm sure he's going to add a new level of dyna, dy, you know, dynamism to dynamite. that, whatever the, yeah, he's going to be dynamite. Their offense. Well, look, um, I, the, yeah, like the weird <laughs> obsession Jesus with OBJ Christ. is just kind of strange. Like, I don't understand it. He's you want he's, another 10 articles about he's like that? 30, Jesus 31 Christ. years old now. Like, he's not a number one receiver anymore. I, I like, I like OBJ. I do. Like, I'm glad he won the Super Bowl last year, but like, <clears throat> he's not gonna, it's not gonna fucking turn water to wine. Like, it's not gonna change Dallas and automatically make them the best team in the league plus i don't know if you guys saw this but there are concerns like he took a physical with dallas and um according to reports um they don't believe he's going to be ready until mid-january if they were able to sign him so what's the point like he's not even going to be there for this year like he may miss a playoff game like if they don't win their wild card game he might not even be like active at all this year like he might not be active until or be able to even be active until the division round or the championship round at that point like do you really want to throw uh, just a new player in there right like that doesn't even make sense so yeah i mean i no, like, i don't it's like silly it's season. Just, it's the it's dallas just... thing like it's because it's dallas like if obj was considering signing even when he was like going to the rams last year like we're, we're, there wasn't that much hoopla about it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it was like, oh, he's going to the Rams. That's a good addition for them. Like, 
There wasn't this saga. It's not like this guy is like fucking, you know, Devontae Adams going to the Vegas Raiders. Like, that's bigger than anything that ever happened with OBJ. Like, I, I just don't get it. Like, OBJ's not – he's not going to be the best receiver on their team even. So, like, I don't – I don't know, dude. I don't know. ESPN's stupid. Uh, he, he would be a nice depth piece for them if he's healthy enough to even play in the playoffs. And at his age and given that injury he suffered, like, yeah, you, you probably need a full year off to fully recover from it. I I I don't know. It really does feel like Dallas headlines get clicks. Dallas videos get views. So they're going to go out there and, you know, talk about him. And they're going to play the clip of him having the one-handed catch a decade ago. <laughs> Be like, oh, can look at Dak Prescott's gonna have him to throw to now. It's like, no, Dak Prescott isn't going into a time machine and getting that OBJ to throw to. He's getting the OBJ is coming off of a very serious injury, who is all has already lost a step even before then. Still, very good receiver. I'm sure when he's healthy, but I, I don't know. It's just stupid, stupid, stupid. stupid. Look, all I gotta say is, I like Christmas Eve cannot come fast enough because i just oh just i i just want to i just want to <laughs> you sound like an alvin and chipmunk I song like, i just want to fucking like soak myself in cowboys tears like they're fans i just want them to fill up a bathtub and my christmas eve toast have a joint in hand and just lay in a bath of their tears i just that's all i want that sounds really lovely brian it does i like, want that for you that's all i want for christmas that's literally all i want for christmas like I'll make a fucking song about it. I'll go on Philly Special Christmas and make a song about it. Dude, like we're, we're getting it going. We're going to get yeah. it going. We'll get it the second best. We could do pitch. Trio. We could do. We could do pitch correction and auto tune, and you could do an Alvin and Chipmunk style song very oh, yeah. easily about how bad you want that uh, Dallas game. I can just hear Brian uh, with the Chipmunk effect saying, "I want to fucking bathe in Cowboys fan tears." <laughs> I really that, do. That high octave yeah. just sounds. I'm sure it would just sound. It would ring lovely over the mall speakers. Yeah. It's, only, it's only something that I think Eagles fans could ever. <clears throat> like that sounds super weird to anyone. That's no. It English sounds. Fan, it but. sounds borderline insane. To any, yeah. No to doubt. Anybody no else. doubt about it. No. Yeah. Giants fans. Washington fans, they feel the same way. Yeah. Hell, Arizona Cardinals fans probably feel the same way because they got to deal with so many goddamn Cowboys fans down there. Yeah, the Cowboys. Fans There's are a just lot everywhere. of teams. They're fucking cockroaches. Yeah. They just infest in every orifice they can find, and they just procreate. And I don't know how. Like they just they're continue. The... They continue to churn out Cowboys fans. I don't get it. And they're like Irish they're the Catholics. Room. At the end of <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> They're the they're the clean room and that uh in the creep show. If you ever watch that movie, like you you get the clean room and you, you don't think you got any Cowboys fans, and then all of a sudden they just start bursting out of you. Oh you know, they're just exploding everywhere. They're cockroaches. I exactly movie. agree with you. It's oh my god. Movie. Well, um, my god. I've, we've we've talked enough about the cow. They're, they're terrible. Well, they're not terrible. <laughs> they're a pretty good team. Um, I had their defense and fantasy this weekend, so that was. I'll admit that was pretty nice. Oh man, that you better have I won. I did. That actually won me my matchup. If it wasn't for that, I was hot. Damn, I was good for you. So uh, I guess thank you to them for 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 leaving the starters out there. But uh, outside of that, yeah, it's just kind of 
it's embarrassing. The flat, like the, it's the Cowboys flash. It's the Cowboys meets the o- Odell Beckham Jr. Who has the biggest ego competition? Him or Jerry Jones? Uh, this will be like a weird, be like a weird thing that they got going on. So I'm I'm ready to move past, move past that. We'll of course have the Eagles preview on the next episode. Are there any more birds? thoughts here any yeah any takeaways any final thoughts you want to share on the on the Eagles well I just want to say before we move on that I actually like to be honest I hope the Cowboys propaganda continues keep propping them up yes keep propping them up I don't want to be a Super Bowl favorite don't give it to the Eagles I'm fine I'll live um come February I'll be sure to repost that image at some point so you know, whatever you want to keep propping them up, that's cool. We'll whip the dog masks out again. That's all. I mean, you know, just give me lemons, I'll make lemonade. You know, that's what they're giving <laughs> us with this. So that's all I gotta say. I'm ready Fair to talk enough. about other things now. Yeah, I just need to get that off my chest. Yeah. You got anything, Frank? Frankie Bear? No, I you I agree good? with Brian 100. I feel great about where the Eagles are right now. Don't care about the outside noise. As somebody who does thrive on negativity and loves it, it's actually kind of a bummer for me a little bit. I wish I could be a, a sellout and find something to complain about, but man, feels good. And then, you know, the, the other teams in the city, not including the Sixers or the Flyers, I guess the Phillies, feel good about them too right now if we want to dive into our next topic. Well, yeah, absolutely, because while uh, Jerry Jones and Odell Beckham are doing their their weird psychosexual courting process uh, to get him in a Cowboys uniform, uh, Dave Dombrowski's at the winter meetings making fucking deals. Of course, signing Trey Turner to, what is it, 11 years, $300 million, beating out the Padres who offered more money. And Trey said, I'm actually going to go play with my boy Bryce in Philly. Uh, of course, in that free agent meeting, uh, the Phillies contingent was stressing how special it was to play postseason baseball in front of the Philly fans. Obviously, that's definitely some propaganda that the that the players and the organization kind of let slip out into the media because we do love talking about that. Uh, the the you know the recent trend of players really wanting to come here, uh, but regardless, it's holding true yet again. Getting Trey Turner. One of the top shortstops in baseball, career 300 hitter. I mean, there's so many things that you can say about the guy. Uh, but right now, all I, all, I, all I can say right now is he's a fucking Philly. Uh, we knew it. We saw it coming. It was, in my opinion, there was really never any doubt that Trey Turner was going to be a Philly just because of his ties to Bryce Harper. But the, I mean, we're not rebuilding. We're not. We're 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 even beyond reloading. We're stockpiling ammunition at this point. Uh, we're, we're, we're growing our nuclear arsenal when it comes to our lineup. And probably, at least on paper, have the best lineup in Major League Baseball getting Trey Turner over here, which I'm just – I know we're, uh, we're football season, basketball season. Baseball is not for another three months until training camp even. But a uh, lot to be excited about uh, for the pinstripes right now. Yeah. I mean, like, like you said um... – it was so beautiful seeing how close they got to a world series. And now it's like, <clears throat> once you, this is a clear, like missing piece type of move, right? Like, it's like, we needed just one more fucking stud. And now we have them in Trey Turner. Like, obviously there are probably a few other holes. Like I know the bullpen always needs work, maybe getting another starting picture or whatever. But when you get a stud like Trey Turner to pair with all the other bats we have, 
Um, and fingers crossed for a, a Nick Cassiano's bounce back year. Um, it's, I mean, it's fucking game over. You know what I mean? Like, Sisters Bank was rocking not that too, you know, not that long ago. And I think come April, like, I think we're going to start to see that, you know, dog days of summer still selling out CBP type of vibes that we got from like 08 to 2012, right? Like, it just kind of feels like that. And there's no reason not to be hyped. I mean, we just come off a World Series appearance. Then you got this, you know, arguably the best shortstop in the game. So it's, you know, it's all uh, it's all trending upwards. It's all trending upwards. And Absolutely. I'm a happy clan because of it. Yeah. You know, Middleton, he just broke up in the checkbook. He said, Dave, go out, do what you got to do. And it is hilarious. This is probably the first time in the history of the world that somebody turned down millions of dollars to live in Philadelphia over San Diego. I, I don't know if we'll ever find another example of that. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, absurd. Yeah. Like, cause their like, offer was not unsubstantial. It was like 40 million no, it was hours or something big. like that. That was, that was a big one. I mean, I'm a lifelong Phillies fan. I think I'd probably would have had to have been like, Hey, um, it looks like I'm eating, you know, I'm, I'm eating you know, fish tacos for the rest yeah, of my man. life. I, it, it's just great to see the team be aggressive in free agency. I was, I was starting to worry that they were going to do that thing they did with Bryce Harper, where they just kind of waited and waited, and we didn't get any news until March. Really, uh, I, I think that, like you said, it, it's they're they're reloading. They're they're going to go out. They're going to go get themselves a starter. Uh, Kyle Gibson's gone. You know, thanks for the memories. Fantastic that he's gone. Frankly, I, I, I don't want to see him starting another playoff game or uh, or in long relief in a playoff game ever Doing again. Anything related to a playoff yeah, game? Yeah, kind of all right on. He's over the hill at this point. And if we can get to a point where. We're able to add another quality starter. I I've saw the news come out that Andrew Painter may potentially be getting called up this year, and he is an absolute stud. I I I think that this Phillies team this year is going to be fun. It's going to you know, obviously you don't have Bryce Harper for the first half of the season at least, but man, uh, they're they're one hundred percent focused on trying to get back to the world series. That's what this signals to me. This signals to me that they're not sitting on their hands. They aren't happy with, you know, sneaking into a wild card again. I think this is a team that wants to kick the door down and I, I love it. I, I really do. Honestly, can't believe that I feel this good about the Phillies so soon after they lost to the Astros in the world series. Thought it would take a little while to feel good about baseball, but you know you watch the uh, you watch all the edits of that of that uh, Trey Turner slide at Citizens Bank Park that he did that awesome you know it was slide slick. I even when it happened, like I, I hate this happened against the Phillies. Jesus, that was that was sweet. Mm-hmm. Now he's now he's on our side, so it's like fun. Ah, it's ridiculous, dude. Here's the thing, man: is John Middleton just figured out that. Uh, winning baseball is more profitable than just uh, being dog shit for a decade. 
And it's 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 going to be now that especially like we were already going to be getting more people into the ballpark all season long because I mean, it, we finally made the postseason like people, uh, you know, the diehard Phillies fans that are just sickos and never miss a game and kind of look down their noses at people who only come when the team is winning, like games aren't expensive or anything like that. But it was tough to really get the city behind the team until they made the playoffs because we had been so close so many times before. And now, yeah, fuck it. You go ahead, you throw that $300 million at Trey Turner, and you get him here after the year that we just had because it's going to captivate the city. And when you're the only game in town, it's easier to do that because they play the majority of their season in the summer, obviously, when there's not much else going on. So you're damn right. More casual Phillies fans are going to be more closely following the team, not only because of this, uh, success we had in the postseason, but because of the signing of Trey Turner, signaling that we are trying for it again. So I'm loving what I'm seeing from the Phils, loving what I'm seeing from Dave Dombrowski. This is what he does as a general manager. He, You bring him in to put the pieces together to go and win a World Series. And that's what he's continuing to do. And John Middleton is giving him the checkbook uh, you know, the ad, the checkbook access to go ahead and do that. So I'm fucking, I'm over the moon. And uh, I, like I said, I can't wait for it. I mean, I can wait because we got so much great Eagles football left. Uh, so that is going to keep me, you know, sated until then. But I am looking forward to uh, to seeing Trey Turner and Pinstripes, to seeing what this team can do. I am cannot wait. The days, I think the days of... Mets fans coming down and turning Citizens Bank Park into City Field South are over. They better be. I don't think we're going to see that for a while. I think that we are going to see a fan base that's reinvigorated now that knows the team is bought in and the ownership has, you know, is committed. So it's nice. And, uh, and you know, like you said, looking forward to it. And can't wait for can't wait for baseball. But also, let's finish the Eagles season first. Yeah, and absolutely. deal with being mad about the Sixers for about like three or four months, and then then Phillies. That'll be good. Going to be perfect. That'll be perfect. Yeah, it's a good yin and yang. You know, you have the Eagles, <clears throat> and then the Sixers. I mean, the Sixers just kind of remind you of what we are. You know, like <laughs> what this city is kind of used to being. Right? Like we're just. Yeah. It's like we're um, still like I think we're still gonna boycott. Disappointed. For, it's like in um least, in but. Game of Thrones when what the hell's the red woman's name the 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 I can't the chick with the red hair in Game of Thrones when she takes I know her you. necklace Everybody off. Everybody knows she takes yeah. her necklace off. Yeah. She turns into like this ugly old hag. Like that's the Sixers yeah. this season for whatever reason. Like yeah. they like they're they they're just the sacrificial lamb at least to start the year. Like I've never been more checked out on the Sixers. In my life, obviously, there's a, a run of circumstances with a lot of my energy being directed, obviously, to the birds, but the World Cup, uh, also the uh, Phillies with that, you know, late postseason run all the way, it's carrying us into November. I just haven't really had time to watch, uh, you know, this dog shit team uh, do anything. Uh, so we'll, we we're fortunate that we won't have to do that for a little bit longer, uh, which is good. I think I think that's good for all of us. Take a breather from the hoops. It's been an emotional few years. It's been a trying time emotionally for for, for hoops. It's fans. been a rough decade. It's been dog water. Let's just say that it's, it has not been good. It's been bad. Yeah. Andrew Bynum just blowing his knee out going bowling. What a moron. And then we're like we're gonna we're gonna intentionally lose 
70 games a year, but it's going to pay off and then it doesn't pay off. It just never does. It stings. <clears throat> yeah. I think it's that's why I think everyone is like, Conway, you're not the first one to say that like you're just completely checked out on the Sixers right now. I mm-hmm. think so many people are. And it's because we've waited all this time and like we've been there, like we've been close, but we just can't we can't even get to the conference finals, let alone the finals of the NBA. Like it's just something has to give, you know. I don't know. Like maybe Doc maybe firing Doc changes everything. Who am I to say? Like I really honestly don't know if that's gonna change everything and automatically turning us turn us into a championship contender but you gotta do something yeah gotta do something it's just it's because you're in that purgatory of uh you know perennial four five seed and that's like the worst spot you could be in as an nba team because you're just there's a whole reason we did the process so we wouldn't be the whole reason we did the process was so that this exact scenario would never happen again and it's happening again so you just, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm at a loss for words with how frustrating it is. I keep telling myself the season doesn't start till Christmas, but then I watch them lose in double overtime to Houston goddamn Rockets, and I want to throw something through a window. So, this, it's, it's been, it's been a hell of a roller coaster. The highs of the 2018 team and the. Getting so close to the fi- to the, to the conference finals, you can taste it. Game seven against Atlanta, and then Ben Simmons disappears in the fourth quarter and doesn't dunk and all that. The the fun stuff that followed that, and the disaster of the uh, uh, good God, I just listen, listen. It's been a lot. Should we move on? It's been a lot. Should we, should we stop talking about him? Uh, I mean, I'm willing to stop talking yeah. about him now. If we do, we want to. Mm. I feel like you know what I feel like I said everything I need to say. We're good. I mean, they really don't. They don't even deserve this much. No, honestly, they don't deserve any any words from any of our mouths. Mm-hmm. So. And much like we're stopping talking about um, the Sixers to protect our mental health, our next uh, story uh, is a little more concrete <laughs> in what's being protected. Uh, someone having to take some drastic measures, and of course, this means it's story time with Frank, also known as Beer Cans Corner. <laughs> Uh, Frank, uh, what what is the story that you've brought uh, to share with us this 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 fine uh, yes. podcast recording session we have here? So this story comes from the enchanted land of North Philadelphia. Whoa. It's a beautiful place. Uh, everybody's favorite place to go, and it is. Hold on one second. Let me get over here. I'm I'm getting over this story right now. No problem. I did, you know, I snuck up on you Man. with that brilliant segue. So I, that was amazing. <laughs> that was a beautiful segue. Hold on Just, one I'm, second. I'm a bridge builder. I'm a bridge builder, Frank. And he's gone. Where's Frank going? And he's Where's gone. Frank going? He's leaving for Frank's story time. He's probably got for those it. listening. Frank just got up and just dipped out on us. He probably has for to go Frank's to the, story time for the restroom. Right. Or maybe we'll he do, has we'll it do. in print. Oh, here he is. I had to wait for it to load. Up, oh, fair enough. Oh. I I appreciate your patience. Oh, no problem. All right. So, once again, this story comes from the enchanted land of North Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia gas station owner hires heavily armed guards to protect business. So, this is a gas station that 
uh, Neil Patel, operator of Carco Gas Station at Broad and Clearfield Streets in North Philadelphia, recruited Pennsylvania SITE agents clad with Kevlar vests and AR-15s and shotguns. So I don't know if we can uh, pull up the image or uh, if you guys have an image you could pull up of this. uh, this, Uh, I'm looking. It's the pictures of the guys. These guys are like SEAL Team 6. They are kitted out. They're ready for warfare, uh, which is apparently what they're dealing with. So basically the final straw for Patel came after he said his business was vandalized by young people and an ATM machine was stolen. His car was also a casualty of crime around the area. So one of his guards says, We wear Kevlar. We are trained. My guards go to training every other week. They're proficient with their guns and with their taser. They know the law, Chief Andre Boyer said. So I feel like, just to take a little break from the story here, it almost feels like something out of uh, RoboCop. Like we've like entered that era of Philly crime where we're now contracting police work to heavily armed security forces that will just exterminate with extreme prejudice any child who steals a Snickers bar almost. Uh, but I would imagine they're probably more focused on you know people that are stealing uh atms and stuff yeah well yeah this 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 brings up visions of uh the you know the shogun era of japan (laughs) if anything like this is real we're really getting into some feudal lord shit here in in philly and like do i blame the guy for you know trying to protect his business from from shit that's going down we know but like at the same time, like God damn, what a grim, what a grim little blurb this is. They're kind of showing the state of, of not only what's going on, but just how people feel. I mean, sure, maybe, the, like, the crime isn't as bad as everyone makes it out to be in some places. But the fact that everyday citizens are walking around not entirely comfortable, it's just a bummer. And I don't know if I don't know if. Heavily armed guys in bulletproof vests are gonna make everybody feel safe. Or it might make some certain people feel a little safer, like the guy who's paying for them. Uh, his, well, the Shogun is thrilled with the situation, but I don't know about the rest of the villagers. <laughs> um, Shogun, Shogun Neil Patel, Shogun of Neil Patel of of Carco <laughs> gas station at Broad and Clearfield has has enlisted his samurai to protect his gas station. So. Working? I So, okay, so this is what he does say. He says, since hiring the guards, Patel claims his business has been free of loitering and other crime. Well, no, no shit. I can't imagine wanting to loiter around somebody that could just turn me into a pile of goo. No. At, at any provocation, you know? No. Um, yeah, I don't need any of that. So, I... I, I do I do think it's both sad and funny at the same time. Uh, the fact is that if you have this kind of like crazy violent crime and you're getting your ATM stolen by kids, like 
insurance companies, if you're an independent store owner, people always say stuff like, this is one thing that I heard a lot during the riots during 2020, which was like, oh, they have insurance, they'll be fine. If you own a small business, the cost of insurance can become so prohibitive that it puts you out of business, that nobody wants to insure you, or if they're going to insure you because you're constantly having, you know, stuff like, you know, uh, a group of uh, road warrior style vandals coming and just taking all of your shit, like, they're going to charge you a much, much higher premium to run your business, and they're not going to want to insure you because they don't want to pay. Insurance is a thing where they just don't want to the, the whole the whole way the system is set up is they don't want to pay. Yeah. So yeah, so okay. Now, well, if we insure this guy, we know we're going to have to replace at least one ATM a year that local children are going to shove M80s into to blow up. So I that was a thing that was happening by the way like every night during 2020. I remember I that, dude. We're aware of that. I was living in Roxborough <laughs> and uh, like pretty nearby Dallas Andros and somebody blew up their fucking ATM. And I was like, well, I was like, well, god damn it. Like we really just can't have nice things. People just don't like society at this point. I think they well, they're, they're opting for a Mad Max reality is this, is what I'm seeing. At least some people this isn't the first time something like this has happened in Philly, by the way. Uh, if you can remember, again, I'll go back to 2020 with those riots. I live right off the Aramingo Ave corridor at the time. That got hit really hard. And there's this one picture, and it's something that I actually saw, where like a local militia group, or, or I don't know what the hell they were. Maybe they were private security. But no badges, no names. Whoever it was that owned the shopping center where there's a GameStop and a ShopRite had these guys positioned with long rifles up along the top of their store, just like scanning the parking lot for people to, I guess, pick off. I don't even know what the hell they were doing. Um, but you can find that picture, and I'm going to look for it. It's a classic you know. picture. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a guy on top of a GameStop just like, like ready, to, ready to go to war. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> it's literally dystopian type shit. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the type of shit that in the movies, these are like the first signs of complete societal meltdown. And I mean, the, the fucked up thing is, is, like, we've kind of been seeing this shit for like a while now. So it's not even really like completely shocking to see this kind of stuff. I mean, it's just, it's. It's just crazy. Like I, it's just it's crazy that like when I see it now, it's just nothing. You know, it's nothing more than another day in Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Like that's just this is how it is. Big cities, they're just all getting fucked. And move um, to the big city with big dreams. Trey Turner, uh, Trey Turner, welcome to Philadelphia. Yeah. Why don't you stop by Shogun Neil Patel's Carco gas station? Where his samurai warriors kitted out with AK-47s will Christ. allow you to buy all the Snickers bars you want in peace. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, God. Maybe that's part of the reason I mean, he came the, here. You know? He, can, he knows I, he can yo, go to maybe, his local convenience store and be completely safe. That's why he part. signed. Yeah. It was Bryce yeah. Harper, He's gonna, fans, and Neil Patel. Those are the three I know for damn sure San Diego doesn't have a Neil Patel with fucking fuck armed no. guards. No. San Diego doesn't have that. No. Billy. Really, 
Philly, we do. We do. We have a lot more too. We have a lot more. That's not only. That's probably not even the craziest thing he would see in Philly. To be completely honest. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. You'd probably like. Honestly, like you're driving through that area. It's uh, I think it's Allegheny and Clearfield where he's at. I think is what they said. Um, and yeah, like I've driven through there numerous times. Um, and honestly, not that weird. Like I, I don't, I don't really, that's broad and Clearfield. I'm sorry, not Allegheny and Clearfield. Um, I, yeah, I've, I've definitely been in that area and I, I don't know that I would even bat an eye at it. I might almost be like, be like, oh, that's weird, but not, maybe not even that. Yeah, so. that's the thing. Some people are a little overreactionary as well. I mean, some that so that's the thing. You kind of, you kind of balance. It's just a weird, it's a weird scenario. A lot, you know, to find yourself needing armed guards um, in any in any city in the world. It's not something that. Uh, well, not even like, not even like armed with like a sidearm. They're 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 packing. They're armed like, guards. Serious heat. Yeah, these are. Like like I said, like this is like this feels like RoboCop style dystopia. We're bringing in the private contractors to handle our security now. Oh no! Because society has collapsed to this degree. But also at the same time, having been through that area, I've never felt like I was gonna die. Like I never felt like I needed like somebody to come rushing to my aid with an AK forty seven. Well, the day that you do, so you'll be glad that Neil Patel. Uh, gave his. I hope they really security do. guards more weapons than Howie Roseman gave Jalen Hurts. All right, <laughs> that's essentially fucking GM of the year, Neil Patel. Bang, GM of the executive of the year, Neil Patel. Executive <laughs> of the year. Fuck, we gotta get him on the pod, his, boys. We gotta get him on the fucking, pod. I would love to have him on. His convenience store is loaded. loaded. We got it. We Best should do an episode live from the convenience store. Yeah, I want to interview one of the. One of the guards. So what the actually. fuck do you do? How much do you get I just want to know. I want to know if they've actually engaged with like, like, are they just snooping around? Like, if someone like quick grabs a Snickers bar and throws it in their pocket, are they just fucking putting them in a chicken wing and just fucking? Or is it shoot on sight? Is it like? Yeah. Is it is is it like the wall just, in Jerusalem? Do they have complete like, you know, like I don't know. Uh, I think by any me. means necessary to get that Snickers bar out of that guy's fucking pocket, or like what? It's what crazy. is it? You know, like I don't know. Uh, weird world. Weird, weird world we live very, in. Very, very weird world we live in. Um, but at least the Eagles are uh, eleven and one. That's always good. Uh, le- you know, gets me right back in the swing of things. And then the Phillies have Trey Turner. Yeah. You know. So like, what else? Like, we can sit here and complain about the armed guards and Neil Patel's convenience store, but at the same time. Is it really that important when the Eagles are on the cusp of going to another Super Bowl? Not at all. Like, is it really that important? Let's let's weigh let's you know weigh our priorities here a little bit, people. I mean, Trey Turner's a Philadelphia Philly. Do I really care <laughs> if a guy with an AK forty seven is patrolling this fucking candy aisle? I don't. I'm I not really anymore. I don't. Um, all right, so I guess we we just lost Frank to connection. This yeah. Year. So I guess that's probably a great time to end the pod. Pretty I solid mean, they, time got, to wrap we it got, up. Yeah, we got we got Frank's you know story time in, so that's really all that mm-hmm. matters. So, um, as always, everybody, thank you for listening to this episode of Grease the Polls. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can find us on social media at Grease Polls Pod on Twitter and TikTok, and obviously thelibertyline.com. That's where you find all our content, all our articles, videos, whatever the fuck you're looking for. 
that's where you'll find it. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, go birds, go Phillies, and uh, thank you all for listening. Hell yeah, go birds. <laughs>